Change world of inches, and and that's what you visualize. Yeah, I know how big a foot is. Yeah, I know what an inch is. I know, I still don't think in centimeters. I mean, no, it's an inch. It's half an inch. Fucking six incher. Um, there goes the drone. Not very small ones. Oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, this is just this is just like. You know, my brother had one of those, you know, little gas-powered airplanes. You get your really neat little motor on, and uh, you fly it over Bishop Whalen High School. And uh, all these other toys. There's three groups of people. I guess I got three of them going, so I went over ahead. This will drive Anthony Marco nuts. <laughs> it's, uh... It's funny, though. Well, here we are. And, of course, they did. I mean, if you've ever seen the drone over uh, Buffers Park, it is the most spectacular video uh, over the cliffs. It's just amazing. So uh, these guys have got it going. It's pretty high now. And uh, let's open the roof. As long as it doesn't come in here. I imagine he's got a camera mount, but I don't know. I mean, you can just fly the babies, but it's, uh, you know, and, and they do, they are cool. They are hovering up there, but, you know, in the hands of the police, uh, I don't like these suckers. I understand. I mean, this is the stuff of science fiction, you know. Uh, I saw on uh, Facebook a picture of George Orwell, and he said, I just, something like, I just wrote 1984. I didn't fucking tell you to do it or something like that. But I could see, like, I mean, if you were sunbathing and you had this overhead, it's like me and Skidoos or Sidoos, you know, drives me nuts. And I I would think this could spoil uh, many a vacation, many a quiet time. You you don't want to be out for a beautiful walk in the BC West Coast in the wet woods, you know, walking over moss and fallen trees and have one of these suckers following you. So uh, I'm not angry. I find the whole thing humorous, but that's because I've just tried out my uh, my new meds. Now I gotta tell you, yeah, I'm gonna close the window now. All right, it's fucking cold too. Um, come on, my driver's window—it's really getting fussy. And uh, there we go. One of those little things of an old car, you know. I decided. All right, can you have that list of things to do Monday? Take your car in. 
And my wife just gets upset every time she gets into it because there's something that frames, something shocks, something is loose, and just over every bump, you hear a lot of noise coming from all four quarters. And uh, that can't be good. But I thought, no, save it till when they've got it up on the hoist and they're putting on your winter tires. Do the two at once. Save a little money, you know. Say, oh, why you got it up there, guys? Can you find out what that fucking noise is? Seems to be banging around. Something's loose. Something's falling off. Okay. So anyway, the vaporizer, which I had cleaned out, told you about that in the preceding clip. Um, it works. As do the meds. Now, today, I tried out... This is a very small, it's a little handheld vaporizer, so it's very, you know, you just load in just a little bit and then sort of push it down and then, you know, hit the ignition button. We do it to flash three times to say, okay, that optimum heat on the little coil and the stuff is ready to inhale the vapor. So I've, I've got like two little buds, that's all, They're just tiny little buds, you know, that have uh, in this uh, container I got. Put in two little buds just up there, and it's tried. It's only a little bit of the bottom of one burned. You know, it's it's not loose like flakes of weed. It's uh, they're actually still tightly compressed on the bud. So I fill around with it, push it down, and then finally I take it all out and break it up a little bit, and um, put it right back down, tamp it down a little bit. You know, and uh, hit the ignition switch. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the lower percentage THC. This is only about the 15% or so. Um, this is not going to have much effect. And I've, I've basically I've consumed one of the of the two buds I put in there, which is nothing. I mean, you you know, it's not even a fraction of a joint. And here I am feeling fucking fine. And it's amazing because it, it's it's a it's a clean stone. <laughs> this is the, uh, I should look it up here, on the, I took a picture. This is the uh, blend. So I haven't even worked my way up to the others. And, of course, the others have those different um, qualities of the indica and sativa, the words I was trying to get before. Everywhere I go, there's pictures of my cat. So here we go. Um, this would be, yeah, 14.5% uh yeah, well, I don't know why I'm telling you that. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, it's just, it's fine. It's nice. And I'm doing it on a perfect time. It's a um, Saturday morning. And I, I like to get out of the house before other people are up. Uh, and just sort of quietly get in there, get my juice, down my meds. Uh, maybe catch the morning news. But today, the morning after the uh, tax in Paris... I'd prefer not to talk about the news. I prefer to close my damn window here. It's fucking cold today. Um, yeah. Get out of the house. You know. Sometimes I'll do this like on the way to my office. I don't think I'm going to go to the office. I don't have my work with me. I'd have to go back home first anyway. But I thought, come down to Buffers. You know, sit in your car in the cat side parking lot. I'm staring... At Lake Ontario, just across the way from uh, Hamilton, far on the other side. Uh, Excuse me. And thought, well, this is a perfect time, early morning. It's nice to get, you know, high, like in the old days when you're sort of just living in some apartment somewhere. 
nothing to stop you from getting high on a Saturday morning. And uh, so I'm a little piece of my life I'm reclaiming. I am so delighted that I saw that ad for marijuana study. Hey, yours truly, folks. Give me a pat in the back. This is, this is, I'm taking a little credit here. Now, it was the luck of finding that, the same way it was the luck of finding the article about the church. But the question is, do you follow up on it? Right? The signs are there, the, the clues, the hints. But do you follow through on them? Do you, do, you, do you sort of pick them up and examine them? And I did that, and I followed through. So sometimes it might seem like, oh, my God. You know, it took months for that guy to get a plumber in, years to get a plumber in for the bathroom, and uh, all the stuff that takes me so long to do. But I do get to it eventually. I do get them done. It's just I've got to learn. I've got to learn to slow down to the pace I'm actually functioning at. Now, that makes sense. Believe it or not, that makes sense. Slow down to the pace you're actually functioning at. I I just, you know, I'm still that hyper person who keeps busy, does things, maybe in too much of a rush sometimes. And I got to learn to, hey, buddy, break that time down. Stop looking at the clock. Stop looking at your watch. Stop measuring time by dates. Get back to seasons, which I've always said, if you can, measure life, measure your life in seasons, boy. That's what counts. And give yourself the pursuit. Try and look at your life from a different angle. This is the reason I like weed. You know, you might think, oh, Ken's just giddy. No, no, no. It gives you a chance to stop a little bit. And just shift the angle. Just look at things from a slightly different perspective. Just a shift, a degree. At your own life. You know, because sometimes you're just, you're so busy living through it. You don't have a chance to see it. And I know some people say it's the opposite. Well, stop seeing and just living. But you've, you've got to do both. You, you want to be aware on another level of what's going on. And I'm aware of the fact that I've got a ticket to Australia. December 28th. I'm excited about that. That's a following through. That's a doing. That's a doing. Holy shit. I'm going to meet up with my really good buddy that I haven't seen for decades. Somebody I've, I've been with. One of the rock founders, one of the four rock founders. There was Barnacle Bill. There was the Nova Scotia guy. There was me, yours truly, Ken Baby Sally Scarborough dude. And there was the boy. And the boy, now married with a son in university, is uh, is going to take me on a little one week camping trip. We're no, not no, we're not camping. I think we're just we're hosteling. We're you know bed and breakfasting. We're whatever. He's got it all worked out when I get there. And my my son's taking them. But so my son has decided he's not going to stay a second year. He's going to just travel in January, February. And then head on back, maybe to Vancouver, maybe to Toronto. We don't know. He doesn't know. All I know is i got to bring one of his suitcases. Uh, but this is good. This is good. And meanwhile, I taught my class Friday, taught Thursday, taught Friday. And with the Friday class... 
It's kind of cool. They're bright people, and it's really getting to be less and less of an English class. It's in English. But I'm spending more and more time on these things I put up on the wall, making them think, and getting different people to explain and talking about it and raising themes. And, and you know, I like, we're into the point, well, uh, do you think the world's getting better or worse, you know? And, of course, they're all, or are we ever going to have peace, I think, was what I got to. You know, what about 20, 30 years and I'm not here? And the consensus was no, that human nature is always, and these are only my, my students from uh, from India, probably from China, from from uh, uh, Korea. No, young people. So kind of a, a negative. And I, so I told them about my little bubble back in the 70s, that little bit of time when I was in university like they are now, and how we had this window of hope and there was a war going on, but people were in the streets demonstrating against that war and wanting to bring an end to it and saying, hey. And there really was that little Aquarius bubble of love and peace and hope. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful little time to escape in. Like it was like a door opened and uh, you could go through. And that's what it was to sit around smoking hash on Glenn's water pipe. Down the basement, just sitting around it. And I'd bring in, I, I always had the hash, bring in, cut up a couple of pieces, put them on, get them cooking. And, uh, and uh, Glenn would just be the music maestro and putting on 10cc so you could trip it on the cover and being Floyd and Moody Blues and just all kinds of stuff. And then sometimes they'd do something crazy, like pull out this crazy little sequined hat. His grandmother's hat. And you're looking at him and you're just gassing because, well, this is just so crazy. And then if it was a very special time and Rod was there, Rod would do his thousand faces and you'd just be staring at Rod. And Rod was an interesting character to start with. He had one glass eye, which was partially evident. I guess it didn't move or something. And I, I don't say that to draw attention to it, which, of course, I just did. But his face was just an interesting face to look at. He was, he was a, there was a childlike beauty to it. And he had this long curly hair like Leo the Lion. Like he was just, wow, Rod was the crazy hippie. Until he discovered transcendental meditation and cut his hair and put on a tie. But that came later. But in these days, you'd be sitting there and you'd look at Rod and Rod would start to grin and you'd start laughing. And your laughter made Rod change his face. Okay, he's going to stop grinning. So he'd try to wipe the grin off his face. And it was just subtle little changes, but one by one. So you just stared, and with each stare, there'd be a new face, and a new face, and a new face, and a new face, and a new face. And each one funnier than the last, and you're just going crazy because you're stoned, and your friends are stoned. And you're feeling just oh so goddamn wonderful. Isn't this fun being kids again? How is it? Here we are in our early 20s, and we're just children having fun and laughing and tripping out to the music. And holy fuck! Glenn had a speaker in the ceiling and you're listening to Pink Floyd and it's just fucking taking you into outer space. How the fuck does music put me in space like a fucking planet? Wow! Yeah. That's what it was like, boys and girls. That's what it was like. And that was goddamn fun. And here I am today after just the tiniest, tiniest toke medically prescribed for to me by a doctor to help me Forget my pain. It won't make it go away, but forget it. And I'm mighty grateful, and I think I should send him an email and thank him again. No, that's not his name. That's the raffle ticket. Um, 
I am just so glad, as I said, that I followed through on this and I went in and they were professional and they were good. And I thanked the girl who interviewed me. And when I left the room, I said, you know, you're really good at your job. And she smiled. And uh, it was just clear that, yeah, hey, I'm a perfect candidate for this study. I've got chronic back pain. I've had it for years and years and years. I'm taking medication now because I just, you know, constantly in this pain. I'm, I'm cutting down those meds and down to two a day instead of three. And you can just sort of feel, oh, gee, I'm not pain-free entirely. And now, a little toke of this, and I'm sure not thinking about any kind of back pain, buddy. Yeah, Toronto Polyclinic. And uh, I was very impressed with the doctor. Not only that, he wasn't just there to say, here's your weed, buddy. Uh, this is your ticket to, to get high. Well, here's my little... I got a little card with it, but it's only... It's just a prescription card, and it's only for three months. You got to get that renewed. Shouldn't lose that. Um, anyway, he was the one who noticed my drop foot today, you know. What have you done about that? And it was very clear, oh, this guy's a compassionate doctor. I kind of like that. So, uh, anyway, somewhere I have a card. Oh, here it is. And it's actually issued by the company, American. Gives my full name, my doctor's name. Expires 2nd of February, 2016. Holy fuck, I'm in Vancouver then. Better get this renewed. Uh... Daily quantity of dried marijuana, and they spell it M-A-R-I-H-U-A-N-A, no J in there, Uh, one gram a day. That is plenty, because uh, I don't think I got a gram yet. Mind you, it's not the end of the day either, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm sharing this with you. And if you're too much of an asshole not to understand what a fine fucking podcast this is, fuck you. Don't pay me. Um, yeah, that's, let's, let's put that aside. Let's move back to, uh, oh, 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 there's a car to pick up all the stuff, the truck. Now, you know, it's a garbage truck that's going to pick up and empty the blue bins, the recycle bins, the garbage, you know, he's backing up, you got a guy driving it, and yeah, somebody's going to get out. But what is right in front of me, which I should have taken care of, and uh, my apologies to him. In fact, I better go do that right now. There's some fucking garbage here. I'm going to do that. I'm going to help him out. Thank you.
to help me, you know. He put me at ease and he loved me so not he made me weak in the knees. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I'm so hard to handle. I'm selfish and I'm sad. Now I've gone and lost the best baby that I ever had. Oh, I wish I had a could skate away on I wish I had a river so long I would teach my feet to continue this story um, the, the truck came up there's two bins, a garbage bin and a blue bin for some reason the, uh, the truck's not backing right up to them as they usually do the guy's wheeling it over, but they're on wheels anyway, in front of me oh, sorry I'm out of breath, this is what I mean by slowing down hey, dude you could have waited before talking you didn't have to shout at them so in front of me, on the ground a couple of pizza boxes Two bottles of Hennessy, empty, half a dozen water, plastic bottles. So I, I, I see that when I come in, I'm pissed off, and I don't feel like picking it up, but I think, ah, oh, there is a crew that comes and does that. You know, if I see sometimes just one thing, I will pick it up, but I'm not, I don't feel like doing this whole thing anyway. Garbage truck comes in there and says, wait a minute now, he's picking up that blue bin, this stuff is here. It's my responsibility, obviously. So I, I call out to him, uh, worker, I guess in his... 50s, and I say, hey, uh, do you take pizza boxes? Knowing they do. He said, sure, sure. So I said, hang on just a sec before he gets the blue bin. So I race over and put them in. And uh, and then I say, just a sec, hey, I'll, be, I'll, I'll just get the rest of the stuff. And I run over to pick up the bottles and the Hennessy, and he, uh, he shouts back, uh, don't worry, all that's just garbage anyway. Just put it in the green bin. Now, wait a minute, just a minute now. You're hired by the city of Toronto. You've got a pretty good salary. You're driving the truck. You're picking up the stuff. And you're telling me the Hennessy bottles and the plastic bottles are just garbage? 
We, this, this is this two bins here, a green one for garbage and a blue one for recycle. That's not right. It's not right that employee... Now, I didn't scold the guy. It's not my job. I tried to have a pleasant conversation with him. But I did say, hang on. And I ran back and got the Hennessy bottles and a couple more of the uh, bottles. And he's got the back of the big truck uh, open. And he's dumped in the blue bin already. And I say, just a can I just chuck him in there? He says, yeah, sure, go ahead. So... I did my part. I put the stuff right into the recycle truck. But this guy is saying, it's all the same. Now, wait a minute. I don't know. They may be just mixing all that shit together. Oh, boy, they better not be. They better be treating those as two separate. you got the citizens trying to separate the stuff. And if you're not doing it, but it's one truck. No, I guess he's only taking the blue bins. That's my hope. He's got a blue bin there now. I don't think I saw a green box go in there. Anyway, 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 sorry, that was kind of boring. This brush back to tell you. Uh, maybe there is karma. The lid came down on his finger, and he's out and took his glove off. I told him that was an occupational hazard. He laughed. I like talking to people. I like interacting with people, and... Uh, He's just kind of slowly doing his job. But what But his, What pissed him off? I said, do you think that's humans or just that the wind, you know, take it? He said, no, that's, that's just... He said, you got to see this place on a, after a Friday night in the summertime. It just looked like a bomb hit it in this garbage everywhere. And it's true. So I guess he's kind of just kind of soured on these fucking people. But I, I kind of wonder why when he comes down, there isn't... Somebody else, part-timer maybe, I don't know, running by with, you know, one of these forks to pick up garbage and, and just doing a little cleanup at the same time. Obviously, it's a budgetary matter, but in terms of practicality, uh, and the number of people would be quite happy to have a little part-time job. But I know city budgets as unions, as issues, as costs, that's going to be a, this, this is, you know, not as simple as that, dude. The world doesn't work like that. There's rules. There's, there's fiefdoms. There's things that are done. I certainly see that at my college. So Anyway, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. In fact, I'm going to have another. I'm going to uh, maybe have that other bud. Uh, why not? What time is it? Let's see. It's... Uh... Fuck, it's 9.30 in the morning. That's great. That's great. I'm not meeting Brent and maybe John, Brent the Closet Geek and John, until uh, 7.30 tonight at the only cafe. All right. We'll uh, we'll end it there. All is well. Yeah, my God. Oh, i still got a splash of cold coffee left. It has been good talking to you, and... and This big picture I was talking about earlier, but just trying to see things from this different perspective. You saw me struggling earlier. I mean, if you followed me, you witnessed this this struggle from when I first started the Baby Sally Talks podcast. But Dixon Jane's zine has come out as, as a result of this podcast. Now, of course, it is all, as Anthony says, the same thing. It's all Dixon Jane's. It's all, it's just me doing the same type of show I've always done. I just gave it a different name. I just wanted to stop at 500. But, of course, there was a little change in there. There was a little bit that first, you know, 
tentative issue into the church. And my first podcast on this was about the experience I had at uh, the Galt Institute, you know, that weekend. The men's stuff. Was, uh, I was going to get serious. I was going to make this universal listening, you know. Anybody could listen. Safe for work, even. And that didn't last long, and I'm glad that didn't last long. So, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to convince you because if you're listening you're listening and uh, I realize as I listen to a lot of podcasts not everything is important and it's okay to skip podcasts and miss them there was a time earlier on actually for quite a while where I felt it was important if you were a Dixon James listener you had to listen to every single episode and uh, I don't feel that that way now I'm glad. I'm, I'm very proud of that body of work. I'm proud of the 20 years of the Dixon Jane zine that are out there. I have copies of all those early ones, and someday, probably, as a bonus, they may get, the past issues may get digitized and go out as a bonus, you know, an enticement for people. All right. Renew your subscription and get two PDF versions of Dixon Jane's from way back when. I'm sure uh, Jason would back me up on that. We've already He's already done some of the scanning and uh, PDFing. And uh, I think that's a pretty good idea to get those digitized properly. You know, yeah, I can do it myself easily enough. Yeah, it just takes time, that's all. And time is what this uh, whole podcast started with, that time that I'm reclaiming. And I am taking back, you know, I'm, the fact I'm giving up my office in December, that's a big step. And it's, here's the thing, you can't, measure your life on a day-by-day thing. You just, you don't see the progress. It's like somebody hasn't seen you for a long time and they and suddenly, oh my God, you got a beard now and your hair is gray. Uh, you look different, but you don't see it day-by-day-by-day day looking in that mirror. Uh, and it's the same. And sometimes you can sort of look back and say, okay, well, this is a time of change, of progress. It's just slow progress, but giving up the office with a decision made a month ago or more and you know, 10 years later, I'm finally, and I'm sad to be giving it up. It, it's, it's been my little escape, my place, but I'm realizing I'm not going to do the things that I kept that office for, like bringing in private students and doing night sessions and so on. And I know if I needed it, I could rent it back from Mark, that little space. But to keep it... And to waste that, you know, $221 monthly. Hey, no, time stop. Stop the bleeding here and there. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm getting into the minutia of my own life, and this is where it gets boring. Like, yeah, hey, 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 tell me something I care about. Well, care about yourself and care about shifting your perspective and care about seeing the good things in your life and the positive things and the growth and the change and how you're a better person now than you were in the past because you know more and you're more aware and you're probably more sensitive and maybe more caring and maybe more feeling. So, on that note, let me sign off. The uh, Whatchamacallits are back. The drones. This is the perfect drone park, of course. If you can have a drone, this is the place you come. And um, I'm signing off. I don't know what I'm going to do after this. And uh, it doesn't matter. Bye for now.
love me and you're thinking of me, but you know you could be wrong. You say you told me that you wanna hold me, but you know you're not that strong. I just can't do what I've done before. I just can't beg you anymore. I'm gonna let you pass. And I'll go last. Then time will tell just who has failed and who's been left behind. When you go your way and I go Say you disturb me and you don't deserve me, but you know sometimes you lie. You say you're shaking and you're always aching, but you know how hard you try. Sometimes it gets so hard to care. It can't be this way everywhere. And I'm gonna let you pass. Yes, and I'll go last. But time will tell who has failed and who's been left behind. When you go your way and I go mine. Well, the judge he holds a grudge. He's gonna call on you. Badly built and he walks on stilts. Watch out, he don't fall on you. You say you're sorry for telling stories that you know I believe are true. You say you got some other. Kind of lover, and yes, I believe you do. You say my kisses are not like his, but this time I'm not gonna tell you why that is. I'm just gonna let you pass. Yes, and I'll go last. Every time we'll tell. Check. We're on. Uh, I just listened to a clip I recorded last night from the Eglinton Go parking lot. And uh, one of two things will happen. Either you will have heard it just before this uh, recording, or I will uh, use my better judgment and not bother including it in this podcast, and you get this instead. <sighs> Sunday morning, uh, I went to church. I lasted ooh, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and just didn't like the way it was going. Uh, Greta and um, her wonderful husband, the piano player, 
are uh, away on almost, you'd call it compassionate leave. And um, so we have other people coming in. And today's topic, we have a guest speaker, and the topic is about the new sex ed curriculum. And I thought, well, I should probably might learn something useful. But the service was already starting to drag a few minutes in. Now, I say that with a little degree of... uh, um, discomfort because my goodness, what if somebody from the church listened in and I'm giving a play by play description of it? But if I can say nice things about uh, the church, West Hill United and uh, Greta, then I certainly have the right to say things that uh, don't please me so much. I mean, you can't do it. And this is a problem I'm finding right now. In fact, the topic came up last night. To what degree are you allowed to uh, give your honest opinion about something? And if it's a friend, can you say it? Well, of course, yes. You know, uh, if it's another podcaster, it's easy to say when you like their show. I mean, I'm doing this all the time. Sounds like I'm sucking up to Dave and Isabel, but I'm not. I'm just, I I like sort of their style and... uh, I've always done that from the beginning, from the very first Dixon and Janes. I've always, you know, given compliments when they're due. I think there's a tendency in the community not to want to say anything negative about anybody. Uh, and I, I personally, I don't think that's very healthy. But at the same time, we're trying to foster this sense of trust and community and we all get along. And I think that breeds hypocrisy. I don't think that's a healthy thing at all. Uh, but anyway, that said, I have right now three people that I know of angry at me, uh, and all for completely different unrelated reasons. And in each case, I'm looking at the situation, I'm thinking, well, fuck you. I haven't, I, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll, if I've deliberately done something like, you know, hurt somebody in a mean way, as I might have done in high school or, or you know, in a, in a cruel, small way. All right, you, you hope you grow out of those things and you, you just don't go around doing it, especially to make yourself feel better, you know, by putting somebody down. And I'm not guilty of that in any of these cases. And other people, for whatever reason, have their own reasons of why I know something that uh, Ken has done is wrong. And it is time to take the high road. Well, all right, so be it. Get over it. It isn't really my problem. It's your problem. But uh, I suppose if that was really true, I wouldn't have even brought this up. So I suppose that means it bothers me a little bit, but it bothers me because I'm beginning to feel, hey, I've been wronged here, not the person who thinks they've been wronged. Anyway, let's, let's, oh, you don't want to go there because that's just, it starts to get incestuous and, oh my God, do people have to pick sides and what are all the issues and who heard what? Uh, it was a subject of discussion last night at the Only Cafe and as always, had a fine time. So I guess if I don't play the clip that I recorded at the ghost station, I should just say that the time at the only with uh, John Meadows, uh, the closet geek, Brent, myself, uh, Brian from Nunavut, 
Uh, and uh, who's the other fellow there? Jeff, the uh, president of the CJS, who took over from me. Um, five drunks, basically. But uh, all of us having fun. And a lot of laughter. And uh, and it's it's kind of... feel like I'm holding court in the cafe. You come in early enough and you can get that front table. And you've got that and you can just sit people around it. And you go up one by one and you get your beers. And uh, it's really very, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. So now some of you are saying, well, why didn't you play the uh, clip from the gold station? It's probably more interesting than this one. I walked out of church. Did I say that? I just did. I start off with that. Yes, it got boring. And uh, before I left, it's a beautiful day out, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go out, and I don't want to sit at home or put on the TV and drag things out. At least get going, get out, give church a try. But I think in the back of my mind, I knew nah, this is not going to be the one that I want to stay at. And I think it's good that I don't feel that I have to, that I could just quietly get up out of my rocking chair in the back and uh, signal I'm out of here. And that was that. It wasn't uh, It wasn't meant to be. And uh, apparently, nor is this uh, podcasting clip. I think I was on a roll for a while. I think I was really enjoying doing this. So let's see if we can just quickly, before I uh, get home and put all this together, run through what it is I need to tell you. No point talking about the weather. We've done that. It's beautiful. The trees. I'm, I'm parked at the University of Toronto uh, along on their uh, of Scarborough campus on their athletic grounds. It's a nice quiet spot. There's nobody around. I just needed some green space, you know. A parking lot with a view. I'm deep into the Joni Mitchell book. It is absolutely fabulous. I hope I can... I don't know if there's much room left, but I wanted to pull out a couple of quotes to um, put in the uh, uh, the new Dixon Janes. I guess I didn't really know much about her. I love the music. I, I have My memory of Joan is the weekend I lived in that wonderful little apartment in uh, West Vancouver, North Vancouver, sorry, 125, no, not 125, West Keith Road. This came after. This was um, 102 West 2nd Avenue. It's right an old, it was a historic building until it burned down on the corner of Lonsdale and West 2nd in North Vancouver with bay windows, and I had the second floor. I don't know how I got that place, but it was the apartment I dreamed of owning when I was university. Lived with my family the whole time. I was a commuter to Sir George, you know, and I knew... One day, one day, I will have my place. Uh, and this was it. I had the walls covered with pictures from National Geographic. I bought my little white typewriter to sit at the kitchen table. It was basically a one room with a little dinette area and a kitchen. It was a fabulous apartment. Instead of curtains, I just put all my empty wine bottles in the window. So it was beautiful to look out and to see in. You know, Wow. That guy's decorated his apartment with uh, empty wine bottles. And there are a lot of them. We did a lot of drinking in uh, North Vancouver, believe me. So I had this place. And one weekend, I decided it was, I was going to have to paint it. I thought, well, I don't want to paint this. Oh, it's going to be drudgery. So I went out and bought 
three or four, probably three Joni Mitchell albums. Same way I'd gone out and bought three Lou Reed albums, or not Lou Reed, David Bowie albums uh, when we were at the previous apartment. But this apartment, when I was with with somebody, this place I was on my own. Bought those and had what I think might have been some mild mescaline in the capsule because uh, I, I took something. I thought this is going to get me through the painting. Kind of, I did a lot of dumb things in those days, but uh, so I had these wonderful Joni Mitchell albums, you know, Blue and uh, you know, For the Roses, I guess, and uh, was it Ladies of the Canyon? I don't remember all the titles, and I don't have anything digital of Joni Mitchell. It's it's amazing, and so I'm thinking, do I want to go out and buy this stuff? Well, no. You've got two record players downstairs. Neither of you seem to be able to get to function. One is turning too slow, so that's become useless, even though that's the one you hook the speakers up to. And the other one, I don't know what the hell's the matter with it, uh, but you can't record from it digitally, directly. So do I go out and buy a new turntable, look for something to be on sale and something that has speakers and will play and will digitize? Is that what I do? Or try and fix the two. One of the two I've got at home. I don't know. Because I don't seem to be having the time to do anything that I should be doing. Um, Now, the point of all this... Joni Mitchell... Ah, the book. So I had all the music. and and, And yet, I know so very little about her. I knew she did the coffee. I knew she was from Saskatchewan. I know she did the coffee shop scene. I know she wrote Woodstock, although she did not go to Woodstock. She was with um, Crosby at the time. That was sort of a guy managing her and a, and a lover, too, I guess. She went through a number of men and had a bit of a reputation, James Taylor amongst them. and uh, But they all sort of figured, boy, this is a tough one, tough lady. She, she stood up for her own. And I think the, the book is very well written. It's by Catherine Monk, The Creative Odyssey of Joni Mitchell. So this is not just a biography of... Somebody giving her life story, and then she did, and then she did. This is real. Chapter by chapter, it picks on a theme and, a, and does a really deep analysis about various times of her life. It's not even in chronological order. And then she pulls out quotes from various interviews. Uh, sadly, I don't think this person, in fact, I know this person, never met Joni Mitchell. Uh, but they certainly did their research. Here's a chapter called uh, Business and Bullshit. And um, she's talking about what it was like to be a woman in, in the record companies, you know, the monsters who just all we want to do is sell units. I don't care. And if you're going to get creative and all that shit, it's going to cost us money. Stick with what we can sell, lady. That kind of thing she was up against. And uh, you can tell Catherine Monk has a great deal of respect for Joni because she just stuck to her guns and did what she wanted to do and did not worry about commercial success. And I think I put her up there in the category of another great Canadian hero. Although we don't see much of her in Canada. Um, I did peek in the window of her uh, of her little home on um, uh, Sunshine Coast. My uh, cousin led me to it. Said, Joni Mitchell's got a little house here. It was a tiny little stone house. Very cute little thing. Uh, and I think there was a picture of her standing nude on some rocks. And I'm pretty sure that was the Sunshine Coast. Close to where that house was we were taken, but it was neat. So we peeked in the window, and that was that. We weren't vandals. We didn't break in and try and steal something. So if I had that thing now, if I had done that, I would be feeling tremendous guilt as I told this story. So no, we didn't. We wouldn't have. 
My cousin turned out to be a, a lawyer and a refugee judge. He would not do such a thing. Although I have done acts of vandalism. Oh, dear, I hate to own up to the bad things. Worst thing ever was knocking over a man's woodpile. Now, why would you do that? As a teenager, even if I was a, even, I wasn't even a teenager at the point, this wood was so neatly stacked up. And it just seems so much fun just to push it all over. And, and any of you who are grown men out there would just want to slap me around and verily stand there with a big stick and make that kid pick up every fucking log. Well, if you believe in karma, believe me, I have paid for, I, I would like to think, most of the things I have done in my life that were not kind and not good and uh, were stupid and pointless. So, I guess, boy, I didn't know I was going to go down that path. That apartment back in North Van, uh, man, oh man, that was a, a very, very special time in my life. I worked with the, in a sheltered workshop, mentally handicapped. I, in fact, I ran it. I was a manager of Amity Packaging for a while. Uh, I was right in between the St. Alice and the Olympic bars. Uh, the St. Alice was just a piece of classic Canadian history. All these places long gone, of course, but uh, uh, you could probably visit North Van and just mention the St. Alice to some old-timer, and they're going to have stories. I had an old shuffleboard down there, and I used to be able to wander down. That was the place to go. Uh, but anyway, we, we won't drag this out much further. I think we're uh, we're done here. This is officially going to replace the... Uh, Clip recorded last night while I was reporting on how my new meds worked. I did, of course, try using the vaporizer and uh, using the uh, using the joint as well of the lower um, th lower quantity THC or percentage THC uh, prescription meds, uh, and it it does the trick. It it works. So uh, my goodness, I have yet to try the higher stuff. Uh, maybe I think it's time to maybe to get a little pipe and just a little single tokes and uh, the vaporizer. All right. You need to know that stuff? Well, hey, that's me. And, and I did I did admit I was very pleased that uh, Jeff reached out to shake my hand and said, hey, good on you going out there and getting yourself a medical prescription for pot. Like that's, a, that's Scarborough dude worthy, folks. Give me a little credit for that. That was just proactive, you know? Hey, whoa, what's this marijuana study? That sounds good. So, uh, anyway, the question now, as I sit here in the parking lot with my book, do I, uh, do I see if there's anything left in the vaporizer now? It's right here beside me. Hmm. All right, I'm going to leave you hanging on that note. I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you. It's 15 minutes. Uh, I'll decide that on my own. Thank you very much. And for those people who have offended, uh, none of whom listen to this podcast, so there's really no point. And I, I mean, I'm, I, you're not owed an apology anyway. So uh, we'll just drop it. But I, I do hope for each of the parties concerned, the three people that I know of, and of course there's probably countless others out there, for the three who I know of who are angry at me for different reasons, uh, get over it. Get over it. Bye for now. I love you in the morning, I'll kiss.
kisses deep and warm your hair upon the pillow like a sleepy golden storm yes many love before us i know that we are not new in city and in forest they smiled like me and you but now it's come to distances and both of us must try your eyes are soft with sorrow hey that's no way to say goodbye looking for another as i wander in my time walk me to the corner our steps will always rise you know my love goes with you as your love stays with me it's just the way it changes like the shoreline and the sea but let's not talk of love or chains and things we can't untie your eyes are soft with sorrow hey that's no way to say goodbye is deep and warm your head on the pillow like a sleepy golden storm is many love before us i know that we are not new in city and in forest they smile like me and you but let's not talk of love or chains and things we can't untie Your eyes are soft with sorrow Hey, that's no way to say goodbye 